Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. Ready to discuss a little bit of uh, college and high school wrestling. Not uh, Mother Nature kind of limited what we had uh, last weekend and and everything, but it looks like we're getting past, uh, we're getting over the hump there and getting back to the normal here the back end of this week. But Coach, uh, you get yourself dug out and and stay warm, stay warm enough uh, after the way we got dumped on and the frigid temperatures that followed. Oh boy, we got a bunch, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we got dug out. Got it. I have a long drive, so I have a skid loader, so I have to shovel around the house and the walks and near the garages. But then I got my skid loader stuck a couple of times. It's a small gas one, and and uh, so I had to dig it out. <laughs> And pull it out and anyway uh it was quite a storm yeah so i know our producer nathan ford is familiar with the surrender cobra are you uh are you aware of what that is no i'm not so so it's the uh it's usually the crowd shot after something happens during a televised game where you catch a fan like this <laughs> after something goes against their team and they're they're distraught when they put their hands on back of their head or on top of their head like this, giving a form of a cobra, and they call it the surrender cobra. I was in that position a half dozen times after we dug out heavy wet snow. I think we got probably about 11 and a half inches. Um, then to see more come after that, and have to dig that out. And then the freezing temperatures. I was like this in our bay window quite a bit, watching everything unfold, thinking, oh, my God, i got to go out there again. But luckily, uh, we still had a really strong teenager named Katie Pilcher that did yeoman's work for us while squeezing in some lifting workouts and basketball practices shoot around here or there so uh thankful for that but yeah now i'm ready for maybe more seasonal 20s and 30 uh temperatures and getting back to a full slate of tournaments on the weekend and duels heck uh the mike DeRoe tournament and cornell was canceled uh pittsburgh iowa state uh duel last sunday was canceled i mean when colleges are canceling events, you know you got something going on there. Right, and two things. One, I'll have to get my camera with the with the long lens and lurk around your house to try and catch you in that cobra position, so I can get a good pick. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, secondly, right. I, th- I think I uh, think you and I also canceled their open, which is this coming week, right? So yeah. I don't right. know why they did that yet, but but uh, another cancellation. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what did occur last weekend um, on the uh, on the college scene. Iowa had a pair of duels. Uh, first, uh, number six Nebraska at Lincoln on Friday, and then they hosted uh, Minnesota in a Monday night duel uh, at Carver Hawkeye Arena. But talking last week, we we thought Nebraska might really kind of 
give them some some trouble, you know, some some really tough matchups uh, throughout uh, the lineup, even with, uh, you know, Woods and Hardy at 141. Um, we had two uh, ranked guys with Ayala and Smith at 125, uh, Rob and Franick at 157. And this was something that, you know, last week we thought could go either way in a lot of places. And Iowa comes away with a, a I believe, 22-10 victory. Uh, winning seven, right? Seven matches, uh, seven out of the ten. I was really impressed with Iowa on Friday. Right, and I think uh, a couple of things. First of all, I'm gonna start at 125. Ayala looked good and has looked good, and he's been rewarded with it. Last I saw, he was ranked number one. Uh, I don't right. even know what ranking it was that I saw it, but but uh, I think a couple of them. I a couple think, of them. Uh, uh, I think Intermat Flow. Um, Let's see, I have Wynn here in front of me. I thought maybe he was two behind Ramos of Purdue, which is coming up. Um, let me see really quick. Yeah, he's number two in Wynn's rankings, but I think he's got the number one spot in flow and intermat. So. Right. And 20, 125 is such a, <laughs> a topsy-turvy way right now. So it's, it's like he right. landed on top of the heap right now. Let's hope he can keep that. He's been wrestling real steady and – does it look good? I, I mean, his last two matches, uh, you know, with Nebraska and, and uh, Minnesota, who McKee is no slouch, man. He's ranked 15th, but right. he's a former All-American. And was he a national runner-up? I I can't remember if he made the finals. Um, That's Arizona State kid I'm thinking of, yeah. Two years ago. But uh, it was kind of interesting that he was ranked like 18th with two losses. Yeah. You know, you don't usually see that, especially an All-American – with the resume that he has, it's kind of weird that he's been ranked so low, just based, you know, just two losses uh, before seeing Ayala again on Monday. Right. So 25, I know I'm getting the card in front of the horse here. It's, it's fun now, but when come national time, that's going to be anyone's, anyone can win that. It appears because everyone's beating, you know, is knocking everyone else off. You know, it seems now back to the Iowa Nebraska meet. I was impressed with Iowa, obviously on their feet. They got lots of takedowns, but, you know, Nebraska got a few as well. But where I think Iowa beat Nebraska was on the mat. They were able to get takedowns and ride outs with some riding time, and then they were able to score from underneath. So, I, I, I mean, I think that was a big difference in that meet and actually the Minnesota meet as well. Um, but really, I think it really showed in the uh, Nebraska meet of their mat wrestling. So good job on that from the Hawks. Yeah, you know, and and they won, you know, so some tight ones. You know that Franick Rob match. Yeah. Uh, he had to come back, and I, that's probably the last. The last period is probably the most offensive, I think we've seen Franick. You know, uh, I mean, and that's against the high caliber kid. I know they split uh, their two matches last year, but boy, he looked. That's the kind of firepower, you know, he, he rifled off a few uh, shots and then he finally finished there uh, with that double and got it right out. But that's the, that's the most urgent. I think we've seen him. Maybe urgency is maybe a little bit of a better term. I would agree that that, that was an urgent takedown and he did a nice job. If you remember in that first period, I think it was when, when Rob got in on takedown and he hit a neck oh, wrench to avoid the takedown. So great defense. Yeah. And uh, 
And then I think he, with that uh, pace early in the match, I think it weird on Rob. Rob looked tired at the end, and and Frantic was able to you know hit that takedown and ride out. But, you know he rode him out for thirty some seconds, as I recall. So uh, again, That's a very good point. You know that was the the winning point or difference in that match as well. So uh, Real Woods uh, got a nice win against Hardy. Hardy's a competitor he's seen a few times. They've had some battles, um, you know, in the Big Ten finals. Uh, national semifinals, and uh, you know, uh, I think maybe at one point you're kind of hoping for bonus points, even though that didn't turn out, um, uh, or that didn't play out, but still a, a strong win there. Um, you know, Caliendo with a win, Patrick Kennedy, I think, is looking better and better each duel, um, at 174, and then. You know, what What can you say about Zach Glazier? Um, yeah. You know, he finished all, he sealed another dual win. He beats the defending Big Ten champ um, by major, you know. So I don't think somebody like that needs to have a fire lit under him. But I think with a lot of this talk of replacing him and, and stuff, I, you've seen just a different Zach Glazier. Now, I will I will say uh, Eli McCown of, uh, uh, of the Register kind of rehashed something that he said earlier before the, the holiday break about how getting in the lineup and the more opportunities I have, the better I feel I'll be. You know, the more uh, opportunities in the lineup, and maybe that's what's kind of coming to, you know, maybe that's what we're seeing now is with each match, he's gaining, you know, confidence and, you know, really hitting things better. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it is the talk of, you know, being replaced that lit a fire under him. But I'll tell you what, this season he's come through clutch to, to help seal some some uh dual wins right and uh he, i mean he looked all, all red looked bad really i mean for being a big 10 champ he all red looked to me like he was tired you know out of shape and glacier just took it to him so you've got kind of three different scenarios going on here in on the iowa lineup you got glacier who's battling you know he may or may not be battling for a starting position that's that's just springboarding out and then you've got rachi who's battling for a position in there, who had Lovett, who's the number one ranked wrestler in the nation right now. And uh-huh. wrestled him okay. Six to nothing sounds like a kind of a beat down, but anymore, that's two takedowns maybe, or, you know. Uh, you know uh, yeah. So True. it's not as big of a win as it, you know, as it might've been last year. Uh, and uh, and then you've got at 33, you know, Teske, who's, who's now, you know, he didn't look so good. You know, he wrestled, uh, you know, Vandy was uh, you know, 30th ranked, I think, in one of the polls, something around there. And uh, Teske, who's seventh ranked, didn't, you know, got beat and didn't do it. You know, so you got three different scenarios going on with those three different guys. So you got one that's springboarding, the other one that's doing a good job. And now Teske, who's maybe struggling a little bit, and we didn't, he wasn't in the lineup on Sunday. Uh, or was it Monday, I guess? Monday. Uh, uh, um, with Minnesota. So, um you know, so yeah. we'll see what happens there. I don't know if something's wrong with him or if they're just you know checking out. 
Uh, Eerily similar to the match against Frost in the Iowa State duel. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, some similarities there. And it's even more maybe a little perplexing after, you know, he beat Van D in the finals of the Soldier Salute just uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, uh, somebody has to emerge. You know, Cale Peterson got the call against Minnesota. Uh, you know, he wrestled well at the, the soldier salute. Um, not exactly sure where Colin Shriver is because he's got to be right in the middle of that mix as, as well. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out with with Purdue. But, yeah, definitely a big win um, at Lincoln. Um, you know, Bradley Hill uh, – um, Finish things off there with a win against uh, that uh, Huttmacher, the football player. Thought maybe we'd see Ben Keeter. He made the trip, um, but apparently it was like right at the end of '97. Once they had the duel uh, secured, Tom Brand's turn said, "Hill, you're going." Mm-hmm. Hill went out there, got the win, got a big takedown. But then Monday at Minnesota, I think kind of the story of the. The night Iowa not necessarily sharp throughout most of the the duel, um, but the story really Ben Keeter making his debut um, in front of the home crowd, hometown boy uh, wins five to three um, to cap off the the victory. Which the duel technically sealed by Zach Glazier again. I'm going to beat this horse until it's dead, um, but. Technically, even though Iowa was comfortable in the lead, Zach Glazier seals it at 97 with a win over Joel's uh, in a rematch of a semis at the Soldier Salute. But, um, you know, Keeter gets a win. It gets a decent heavyweight. Not not great. I think uh, Tabor's ranked maybe 29th or something. But, um He's been practicing for two weeks. I know a lot of people were like, oh, man, he looked gassed. It's like he's been practicing for two weeks. I'm sure he probably snuck over for, you know, workouts occasionally during football or, you know, um, knowing him, he he found a way to, to work on wrestling. But, you know, conditioning is a whole different beast. I mean, you know that. Um, that'll come around for him as things go. We're seeing it with Patrick Kennedy. Kennedy's, a, a, I think, a much different wrestler than he was in the Iowa State duel uh, just because of that endurance and stuff. We'll see it with Ben Keeter, depending on how many more matches he gets because there's still that option of redshirting here. Um, but I, I just thought that was kind of the story, him getting the opportunity and and wrestling uh, against Minnesota. Right. And, getting win. and uh, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I mean, here's a kid that's, you know, fresh off football, hasn't had much time, like you said, but he he hasn't, it's his first time ever in a seven minute match. Yeah. And he, and he's, um, you know, it's, he's given up a lot of weight, uh, which he probably hasn't done. I don't know how many times he's ever gone six minutes in a match, let alone seven. <laughs> True. <minutes. laughs> so, and his pace, you know, in high school was, was torrid. He was he's very active for a big guy. He was just wrestled like a you know middleweight guy, and so he went out and did that you know and, and got that takedown, but also kept the pace. And then you know the match was close enough, but 
and you can you could tell I, I was communicating I with with someone I said geez I it, it clear back in the first period I go hope he has enough gas in the tank you know and, and by golly he did kind of poop out but what I like about Ben Keeter is he realized it he acknowledged it to the to the crowd he didn't you know get up and all of a sudden have all this energy he's stayed down shook his head said nope I got better than that that's my reading is I got better to give than that I'm not gonna and I did hear his quote afterwards that. He wants to entertain, and he did not entertain in his mind. Yeah, so I love and, it. And it was it was immediate, and that's the first thing I mentioned. And I think that was part of my lead to the story was looking up at the jumbotron, and with his hand raised, you can see him kind of go, yeah, you know, and you know, uh, he was just matter of fact and direct about it. You know, I think there's a maturity there that Ben Keeter has. Um, two that it's like, all right, this isn't what I wanted. Hey, I got to win. There's something to that, right? You know, he kind of said that. Hey, I stuck it out. I got the win, so that's good. But that's not the way I want to wrestle. Uh, disappointed, like you said, he wanted to put on a show, and then it's okay. Now moving forward, what you know, get right back to work. And I think that's how he's always kind of been. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, when he gets the next opportunity, um, you know, they're going to have to kind of figure out how to manage those five, you know, matches because you've got Purdue this Friday. Then you've got the Illinois swing with Northwestern and Illinois. Then you've got Michigan. Uh, then there's Penn State, uh, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. So you've got seven duels in, in, Four opportunities, I think, um, to compete. So, you know, will we see him at Purdue? Will we see him, you know, maybe split the matches at Illinois and Northwestern with Bradley Hill? You know, will they put him out against somebody like Kirk Vallette? You know, we'll we'll see. Right. I I think this is I have no nothing to base this on. This is just kind of a feeling that I have. Uh, here's mm -hmm. a guy that's a football player that. You know, if he puts on 20, 30, whatever, how many pounds and a lot of muscle, he might be a, a, a an NFL prospect. So if that's the case, I'm kind of speculating now. If that's the case, then I don't see him stick, sticking around for a fifth year uh, to wrestle. So maybe the coaches and he realized that and they're saying, hey, if I'm going to wrestle, let's get out and wrestle. And so maybe redshirt is less likely to happen with Ben Keeter than, say, Gabe Arnold. Uh I guess know. I didn't really think about. I guess I really didn't think about uh, that kind of scenario uh, down the road, the long term. That it would make more sense for him to wrestle right out of the gate, considering what his prospects are, you know, as a linebacker. And if he beefs up uh, uh, quite a bit, maybe even a D end or an outside backer. But right. yeah, and, you know, and who, who knows? Maybe I mean, he seems to enjoy football a ton as well as wrestling, of course, but. You know, obviously, there's a bigger paycheck at the end of it with football if he was <laughs> to the NFL, and uh, you know, so that's a consideration for sure. Uh, you know, but who's to say he might go away? I want to be an Olympic wrestling champ down the road too. So, right. you know, and, and he's a, been a world champ at, at, at age group level. So, uh, you know, that's definitely a possibility, and I'm probably something in his mind. But we'll see on that one. Um, yep. Anyway, I want to I, I want to say this. I wished that. I don't want this to sound bad, but I wished 
the two highest ranked kids on the Iowa team would do, be doing this as well with their close wins. That being Woods oh. and Frannick, who did not win this one actually, but you know, those guys kept the matches close, you know, and just haven't opened up. And, you know, if they, there's times I'm watching them going, come on, just pull the trigger. I, I, you got this takedown. I'm sure you can, you know, and they, and I know the coaches are feeling that way, I'm sure. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, so if they would, you know, if they, you know, be showing this and then get out and, you know, and improve that, that, uh, you know, that separation in match score, uh, I think they'd be very happy. And then obviously we saw what happens when you keep it close with, with Frannick. You know, Blockus did a nice job. Yeah, and we've seen that we've seen that kind of play out in a lot of his matches, you know, where you know I know the soldier salute he won in overtime. And I think he's had a couple other close matches that he's just kind of, you know, uh just kind of edged. Did, did just enough to win, right? Um, and you just had a feeling, and I know some other people have said this, um, gosh, it's going to bite him in the butt one of these days, right? And Michael Blockus, um, you know, uh, it was the source of that on, on Monday where, you know, uh, Franick allowed him to stay around and, you know, you get that one shot at the end, and sure enough, uh, Blockus was able to to capitalize on it. So, right. yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be a lesson learned there, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, maybe a little bit of a change there, kind of going forward. You know, one, once it uh, once it pops up, you know, hopefully there's a lesson learned and and improvement after that. Right. And, and really, uh, Woods in the uh, uh, Nebraska meet, you know, he was a nail biter. He, you know, he gives the, the, the uh, was it, wasn't it a warning for a point, a stall warning for a point when they're, and then get, uh, um, Hardy got the escape. And then I'm going now, a win's going to, or a takedown would, I think, win it. Um, and so, you know, it's a bit of a nail biter there. And that's, you know, so gosh, it was it. those guys would get that separation going. And not keep it close because that same thing could happen with Woods as well. So, anyway, there we go. That's me. Yeah, I didn't think it was. I didn't think uh, Nebraska was all that close. Uh, I think he gave up a takedown that kind of closed the gap a little bit. But I, I was thinking more the, the Minnesota duel. Was it uh, Minnesota? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Power, where yeah, yeah, that that was a little hairy. Um. Even though Hardy did score late, I thought I thought Woods was kind of in control and and had almost a, an opportunity for possible bonus points, uh, but Hardy was able to get a late takedown, I think, and kind of close the gap there. But anyway, yeah. uh, but point taken. Um, I think uh, uh, there, you know, Tom Tom Brands even kind of mentioned that that. Uh, uh, you know, he wants to see guys widen the gap. Um, no doubt, I think, was his comment afterwards. And Right. And I'll just say this about that match. Hardy has one rubber knee, doesn't he? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. So maybe maybe I'm getting a little rough on Woods. <laughs> he was in on that knee, I guess, a couple of times. So. But, um, but, yeah, but the Minnesota duel, that, that one was uh, – you wouldn't expect a three-point match there. Um, I don't think with 
Uh, Von Bauer from Minnesota is ranked 19th. Well, we mentioned Ayala, you know, him getting a, uh, a second straight win over McKee after, you know, losing the first four against him. So he uh, he proved the soldier salute was no fluke and did it again. Gave up the opening takedown and got a takedown in the the second and the third um, to win eight five. The thing with Ayala, and we've talked about this so many times, short time points. He gave up the opening takedown in the first, but he escapes in the like the last fifteen seconds or so before the period of avoids the ride out. That point was huge to to get. Um and McKee wasn't able to answer. And then his takedown at the end of the second, uh, I think in a similar fashion where, you know, final 15, 20 seconds, he gets a takedown and a ride out right there. Those are, those are, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's technically the difference right there. Mm -hmm. And also, I, I, I've mentioned this a couple times, you know, talk to Drake Ayala after, the soldier salute. And he kind of said, well, what can fans expect from you this, in this second half of the season? And he essentially said, you can expect a better Drake Ayala going forward. Oh. And I haven't gotten to my best yet. And I'm working to, to be the, you know, be at my best here the second half of the season. I think we've seen that so far. And, even kind of going back with what we were talking about with Ben Keeter, you know, that not satisfied with, you know, kind of eking things out. The reason why I still have, why I think Ayala still, you know, has, has a, a lot of strides to, to continue to make is because he's verbalized that. He's like, yeah, you know what? A good win against, Nebraska, good win against McKee again, but I still have a lot of work to do. I still have a lot of things I need to clean up and finish. And when you have that kind of mindset, you know, and and keep keep improving. And I, I really like where Drake Ayala is right now. And, of course, he's got a huge test with Matt Ramos uh, from Purdue on Friday, but which really – you know, if you look at it, he's really jumped into the fire here after the break with Caleb Smith, uh, McKee, and and Ramos. Uh, uh, you know, in his first three matches after the break, so uh, really like that. Thought he was impressive. I agree, hundred uh, percent. So um, I'm going to move. I'm going to move a different direction. What I mean, with a question? What city is or town is? Utah Valley Inn. <laughs> Do you know? Is that Cedar City? Is that Orem? Is it Orem, Utah? Orem. That probably is Orem, yeah. Okay. Here, let me check. Let me check on that really quick. I'm wondering if they have the reason I'm pondering that is I'm wondering if they have lots of snow and and uh you know with that uh, winter conditions to deal with. I was right, Orem, Utah. <laughs> okay, there you go. So I mean, I, so Utah Valley comes into the state that you're going to wrestle Iowa State on Friday, and mm -hmm. am I right on that Friday? And then you yep. and I on Sunday, is it? 
or yes. Saturday night. Anyway, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. And uh, so they wrestle Iowa State, and Iowa State throttles them pretty good, 44 to 3. We'll get to that in a minute. And then and then they decide they don't want to travel. I, I'm guessing, I think that's how it probably went down. They didn't feel comfortable traveling to, to uh, Cedar Falls from Ames. So they canceled the meet with you and I. A few minutes later, then they, or not too much longer, they, they said, no, we're going to have the meet, but we're going to have the meet without any spectators in Ames. So you and I jumps in their vans or whatever and drives to Ames and wrestles Utah Valley in the Iowa State wrestling room. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. I got to watch the entire meet. Someone was Facebook Live in it. I don't know who that is awesome from the UNI side. And it was an empty room, uh, no family, nothing, you know. And it's, you know, it looked to me like there probably wasn't even any Iowa State people, you know, wrestlers in there. It, <laughs> it was pretty empty. Uh, you couldn't see the entire room, but, but, uh, um, so it was an odd setting to have, you know, the guys with their singlets on, the referees with their, you know, uniforms on. And then the ref, <laughs> one time I had to giggle because it's just habit out of the referees. The referee raised the wrestler's hand, turned around and faced 180 and raised it again on the other side to no one. <laughs> walls. To nobody. <laughs> I'm like, you know, he raised the hand once, maybe, but, you know, and they're, it's a habit with them. They just, you know, stay in, in their sure. habit. So I get that, but it just made me giggle. They're doing it to a wall. <laughs> but uh, it was an interesting setting. I've never seen that before, but good for you and I, good for Coach Swab and, and the wrestlers. I had to wonder about weigh-ins, you know, if they canceled it, did the wrestlers immediately go, all right, I get to eat and drink something. So now they're overweight and they just, oh, got, yeah. did they have to lose the weight they'd already drank or, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, um, so that was pretty good. And, and maybe they just said, you know, we'll, we'll allow it since we kind of backed it. Oh, it. sure. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just guessing, but interesting scenario. So, uh, just to kind of go over things, uh, you know, I, I think uh, went pretty pretty much as expected uh, um, for the most part. You got major decisions from Julian Farber, 133, Kale Happel, 141. Uh, Ryder Downey uh, follows up the win over uh, Peyton Robb with a major decision um, as well. Uh, you got Parker Keckheisen with a technical fall and uh, Tyrell Gordon. Um one by forfeit so right and i was uh, i was really impressed with with happel and downey uh both with majors and and they just did a nice job farber as well did a good job but but those two just kept the pace on and really really put it to them um as, you know, disappointed obviously with with uh white volker we, not disappointed in him but that disappointed that he wasn't able to get the win there uh, you know, sure. uh evan bachman who's you know, ranked uh, low twenties had he he uh, walked out of the state with two wins. He's he got a win at Iowa State and at UNI, so he's one yep. of the wrestlers. That's right. But uh, Volker did a nice job, but you know just couldn't get the takedown to 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 uh, to get the win there. And you know always pulling for our Eastern Iowa high school guys. So sure. No what, no uh, you know you know who down. Tell me if you think this is weird or off base. But remember when Real Buto beat, uh, gosh, I think it was Blockus, and I think there was somebody else um, a 
couple years ago, kind of his real big, you know, kind of breakthrough wins and then became a key guy in the lineup right. uh, at 49. I, I think Downey's in that similar thing where that win over Rob, I think, has really been his – Obviously, his breakthrough, and you know, now he's he's cruising. He's rolling right now. He's taking that uh, confidence and that boost, and he's not looking back. That's a, you know, uh, getting a bonus point win, and you right. know, he's he's looking good this season. Right. I don't. I, right now, he's depending on what what uh, rankings you look at, anywhere from top. 10, maybe 8th is what I, the highest I've seen, and then down to maybe a 12th, somewhere in that range. He, I'm not sure he was even ranked at the beginning of the season in the top 30. If he was, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near that. And, right. uh, and so I agree 100% with you. He's, and he's a goer. We know that. We watched him in that state finals in that really fun uh, battle. But uh, um, so, oh, yeah. and so, you know, we, we know that he's capable of that. But it's neat to see him. That's not easy at 157 uh, to do that. That's a tough, you know, those middleweight classes are just loaded, you know, with great wrestlers. And so I'm, I'm excited to watch him. I agree 100% with you, though. He's done a nice job of springboarding after that nice win. Um, of course, Iowa State wrestled Utah Valley um, on Friday. They won nine out of 10 bouts in a 44 3 win. As you mentioned, Evan Bachman. At 197 for Utah Valley, the only uh, one to, to win there. Um, so, you know, he had a 6-1 win over Julian Broderson. Um, but, you know, they uh, Iowa State looked strong taking care of business there on, on Friday. Very dominant uh, pins from uh, uh, David Carr. MJ Gatton, uh, technical falls from uh, Feldkamp, uh, Evan Frost, um, Majors, uh, got a uh, major from uh, uh, Terrakina and Etchemendia. Um, uh, Chittam had a technical fall at 57 as well. So, um, you know, they just kind of took care of business and did what they were supposed to. And, and got an extended break with uh, Pittsburgh not being able to travel in Sunday. Right. And, I mean, Iowa State's ranked fourth now. They, I'm not sure if they were even in the top ten at the beginning of the of the season. And they've done such a good job of improving. The two guys that stand out for me, I mean, I mean, just about everyone on their team does. But, but Chittam and Feldkamp have really, I think, shown good improvement. You know, I mean, I mean obviously the others as well. You don't, you're not ranked fourth in the nation without a complete team, but those guys have just, right. whatever reason, stood out to me as, as showing great improvement. No, for sure. For sure. Now, the, the interesting thing is uh, you and I and Iowa State are both off this weekend. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the you and I Open uh, canceled um, for this week, so an open weekend. Uh, and then next weekend, and we'll talk about this next week, both of them will make an Oklahoma tour, hitting Oklahoma and Oklahoma State um, the weekend of the 26th and 27th. So right. um, we'll see that uh, uh, from them, from them uh, a week from Saturday or Friday. And I think you mentioned this before already, but 
Iowa does wrestle Illinois on Friday and um, um, Northwestern on Purdue. Sunday. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that weekend. This coming. Yeah, week. they got Purdue this Friday and then. Oh, am I? The, a week of the Illinois Northwestern sweep there. I'm week off, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and of course Purdue, you know, we we mentioned it already. The the uh the big match uh will be at one twenty five. Uh, between Ayala and Ramos, um, one versus two in, in most polls. Um, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the duel, you know, not really, uh, shouldn't be competitive. You never know, but, um, I think everything pales in comparison to that 125 pound match. Yeah. Can I tee it up? So, tee, tee it up before we uh, touch on high school stuff uh, briefly. Okay. So, uh, here we go. As we see more movement in college with athletes jumping from school to school, and I'm talking just about every sport, um, I saw a neat story. Uh, with the NIL and transfer portal in college and even open enrollment in high school, we're seeing more movement between programs and, and even states. You know, uh, Examples are ridiculous in college football, like, for instance, uh, Colorado had over 80 transfers this season. Basketball movement is everywhere. I mean, uh, Coach Promet at Iowa State has lots and lots of transfer portal guys come in, it seems. Uh, I always wondered what the feeling was with existing team members when new athletes arrive. You know, so, heck, you know, when I was a wrestler on the UNI wrestling team, I was looking across the room at my, you know, the, my competitors that wanted that weight class, always trying to outwork them, you know, so when another <laughs> guy comes in and tries to bump me out. I don't try to be very happy, right? Uh, I wouldn't embrace him all that well. Well, you know, that, you know, this can, like I said, be disheartening to, to current athletes in the program that have spent multiple years being loyal to the school and to the program. They put many hours of development in. Uh, you know, all that being said, this is neat. I read a, a neat story, story in the Gazette. You might have read it too by Colbert uh, about UNI volleyball player, Emily Holterhaas. Uh, she was looking for a way to stay active, her words, now that she completed her volleyball career. So she asked uh, UNI coach Warren uh, if, if she could join the practice squad on the basketball team. Uh, so she, Holter House came to practice and Warren who had recently lost two starters to injuries for the season was like, uh, after watching her going, do you, uh, do you have any interest in joining the team? <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so it's a cool story, but, but what really took me, you know, the cake for me was Holterhaus didn't immediately just say heck yeah or whatever. She said, "I want to speak to the to the captains, to the basketball captains, before I answer that question." So she she met with the captains and she, what her thoughts were. She wanted to get their their support, knowing that adding a new member can quote change things up a bit. And I didn't want to step on any toes or bring anything negative to the team at all. End quote. And I'm like, wow. Do I love her approach and consideration as well as the UNI captains and team members? So they allowed her to, you know, they said, yeah, she played her first game last week, played 12 minutes and that 12 minutes scored 11 points, two rebounds, went two for two at the free throw line. I think hit a three pointer. Uh, and, and, and she realizes her that her way to help this team is not with scoring though. She did a nice job there in that short time, but to mm -hmm. help it, improve the rebounding, which is where the loss of, inju of injury, you know, is where they really need that. So 
uh, to me, that was a really inspiring way to join a team and, and a cool story. And, and, uh, you know, I'm now a, a big fan of Emily Holterhaus and UNI basketball, women's basketball. Cool story, I thought. Yeah, for sure. No, I was, yeah, I uh, noticed that and just thought it was kind of uh, a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, it turns out, turns out great. And, and you make uh, some really good points about kind of, you know, joining a team, <laughs> joining joining the team, and and you know, uh, being somebody that had a couple wrestlers that transferred in from uh, from a D one program um, when I was in college. Uh, two, well, I guess one was in the D one program, but there were two totally different attitudes and approaches. One, uh, and I'll say his name, uh, he wrestled at uh, UNI, Andy Kruger, uh, Sioux City standout, who when he came to, to Buena Vista um, and ended up being an NCAA uh, champ, um, I believe in 99, 1999. You know, Andy assimilated, assimilated well. You know, acclimated. You realize that, you know, he he didn't view himself as better than everybody else, but worked just as hard as anybody else. Uh, he was an amazing teammate and made people around him better. And, you know, when you have somebody that transfers in and is about more than just themselves, it has a, a positive, you know, that whole – uh, ripple effect mm -hmm. and, and that's where the positive stuff comes in we had somebody else that transferred in and you know won't name names but he thought he was better than most and didn't didn't really you know he he bonded with teammates but you could tell there just was a disconnect you know, and he lasted a year, and I don't even think he stayed in school. And that tells you a little bit about the differences there. Right. And sometimes you can bring in that negativism. Is that a word? <laughs> and <laughs> Well, we'll make one. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that you bring that into a team, it can be, you know, it can start to eat away. It could be that cancer sort of, you know, it, it, that happens in the room and in the locker room and, and away from the room even. And so, uh, yeah, it's so, you know, that's why I like the UNI story with Emily Holt. Oh, for sure. Just like to thank everybody again for watching um, Opinion Combination podcast week in and week out as we're getting closer and closer to uh, the conclusion of the high school season. It's crazy. But thanks everybody involved. And Coach Briggs, why don't you send us out? Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.